It's Bob McCallum. It is John Shannon. And it's, Happy uh, Memorial Monday. Day, Robert. Well, thank you, John. You're the you're the only American on the show, so. Well, there's only two of us on the show. Yeah. Well, I'm not American. I think I think the audience pretty much knew that. Oh, you know, we never knew, but they some may not know that you're American. I don't celebrate Memorial Day. I must tell you. You don't. No. No, I don't. Well, anyway, I celebrate the, uh, I, I celebrate the uh, uh, May, May 2 for a weekend, uh, which sometimes comes on the 24th, but usually doesn't. I, I like to celebrate both because it's, it's like Thanksgiving. I like Canadian Thanksgiving and then I like American Thanksgiving. I like both. So why, ha- why when you can have four holidays rather than two, have four holidays? Well, I don't take any holidays anymore now anyway. <laughs> Every day's a holiday, Bob. Well, either every day is a holiday or no days are holidays. It depends yeah, well, on your point of view. Well, but anyway. I thank you sincerely for your um, your your good wishes. And to our American listeners, I hope they all have an enjoyable uh, Memorial Day uh, today and be safe. And well, indeed. And thank you uh, for all those people that served and uh, sacrificed uh, for our freedom. We uh, we we do indeed uh, appreciate uh, and remember that. It is a game seven. There is nothing quite like a Game 7 in any dun, dun, dun. And a Game 7 between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens um, should have some additional special value to it. I don't know whether this does. I think Toronto Maple Leaf fans are quiet and nervous. And uh, maybe Montreal Canadian fans have some level of confidence now. I don't know. Um, but they have not been overt in their enthusiasm for this. I, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, John, but it has been an interestingly pensive six games so far. Yeah, that's because uh, the bars aren't open in Ontario and uh, I think uh, they're only outside They're only outside in Quebec. I don't know if you saw, did you see this morning? They're apparently going to let 500 or so. Yeah, uh, frontliners. Yeah. Frontliners uh, into the uh, uh, arena good for them. tonight. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we are going to... Rather have it full, but but it's not, but we're not ready yet. We're just not ready yet, no. Bob. Um, we're getting close, but we're not ready yet. Uh, when we come back, we will address Game Seven almost in uh, exclusively, if not exclusively. Our pal Nick Kiprios, who I this is his first appearance on our show, isn't he? Uh, yes, he has it his is. own podcast. Yes, it is. Uh, and um, of course. Uh, Nick and John and I worked together for many, many years over at uh, Sportsnet. We're thrilled to have him, and he will make his first appearance in but moments um, after these messages. Well, Mondays, John Shannon, are generally quiet in the sporting world, uh, (laughs) traditionally. Well, other than football season, when you got Monday night football, but most games, most leagues, take Mondays off or have a reduced schedule on Monday. That will not be the case uh, tonight as Canadians will be glued to their television sets to watch the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs in game seven, who better to talk about it than our pal, Nick Kiprios. Kipper, you look beautiful. How are you? I'm well, Bobcat. How are you, bud? Hanging in. I got to babysit Shannon every day. So, you know, the trials and tribulations of doing that. Yeah, right? You know how that works, Nick. I do. I do. Yeah. Now, now it's kind of like you, Shani, how you used to babysit Doug McLean. 
or was that me? <laughs> we passed it around every once in a while. Well, that was that was that was a shared experience. It was far too much for any one of us to handle. Oh. Uh, I assume you uh, you are uh, consistently in touch with Mr. McLean. Three times yes. a week, he is. Three times yeah. a week. Come Three on. Three times a week. Uh, we've been able to uh, get together, much like the, the old Hockey Central at noon. It's been a lot of fun. And as you know, Bobcat, uh, it's a lot better when you can uh, pace it yourself, man. You're your own boss. It's uh, been fun so far. Well. Bob's Bob's got a he's got a new boss. The producer is pretty tough on him in this show. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the other guy on the screen, as you know. High bar, <laughs> high bar. That's right. So here we go with a game seven that should not have happened and uh, was pretty difficult to expect after game four. Looked like the Toronto Maple Leafs were kind of getting into gear and figuring this whole thing out. What happened? What happened was uh, the lack of production out of Matthews and Marner. It's that simple. And we've seen them fairly consistent all year. Marner, uh, top five in scoring. Matthews leads the league in goals. And if it dries up, then you need others to step up. And while Spets has been able to do that, I don't even put Nylander in there because at uh, his price tag, it's, it's supposed to come. So... Outside He's done his that, part, Nick. What's that? Uh, Nylander's done his part for oh, sure. Oh, no, absolutely. But he is considered a frontline kind of guy that uh, is supposed to do that. You're not getting it out of Matthews and Marner right now, and that's been the, the difference maker. And then Montreal's gotten some good bounces. Let's be honest. Uh, loose pucks. Sometimes it's like watching that uh, Plinko chip on the Price is Right. You just you don't know where the puck's going to end up bouncing. And by God, if Montreal gets a few more of those Plinko pucks around the net, yeah, there's a chance that uh, they can win this. But I still see the Toronto Maple Leafs winning this in seven games. Matthews has been um, inefficient, but he's had plenty of opportunities. He's had lots of shots. Yeah. So that part of his game seems to be there. Marner, on the other hand, I was talking to a pal on the weekend about it, and I, I just said to him, I if Marner's not hurt, I'll be surprised. I, I, I just, his performance, he's almost been invisible. He's not doing any of the things, the little things that he was doing. What do you think? Is there a chance he's banged up? Uh, there's always a chance. Uh, and, and more than anything, I think it's safe to say there's wear and tear on everybody. But here's something that no one's talking about, Bobcat. And I, I, don't, I, I don't necessarily go to the hurt theory first. I would rather talk about uh, possibly Marner being tired. Hmm. When I watch a guy, a forward, play 27 and a half minutes in game one and then still be up around 24, and we're talking some serious hard minutes for Marner. And there's a lot of theories, and we've listened to Brian Burke over the years talking about, I don't want my, my star players killing penalties because of a, a blocked shot, a broken bone, but... It's also, those, those, those are the hardest minutes. I was able to kill some penalties in, in Hartford and in junior. And when you stop and start, when, you, when you're in those straight lines constantly, and, and Marner's still thinking offense, even shorthanded, don't kid yourself. Those minutes are tough. Now, when I see Marner in game six caught flat-footed, something's wrong. 
And I just think right now he's he's dealing with maybe a little bit of exhaustion. I don't think Sheldon Keefe, it's almost like one or the other. These two guys, Matthews and Marner, were screaming for more minutes with Babcock. Mm -hmm. And then Sheldon comes in and then gives all of it to them. But to the point where I, I think it's been too much for Marner. Now, can he, in the last two days, mentally and physically feel better for another push in game seven? Yeah, this guy's got a great engine. But I see a tired Mitch Marner in game six, and it's because Sheldon Keefe has overplayed his hand on his minutes. I don't disagree with you, and I wonder whether that will, if the Maple Leafs lose game seven, of course, there's a million. You know, we'll be spending the next, I don't know how many months, talking about what happened and what should happen next. And there are limitations to what the Maple Leafs as an organization, as a team can do. But will will Keith pay a price potentially no. for making this decision? I, I don't see it. I don't see it. And there's many that uh, want me to believe that Kyle Dubas, his job could be in trouble. But unless the board comes down hard on Brendan Shanahan. I don't see either one of them going anywhere. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, if, if listen, what Kyle Dubas did at the trade deadline was what every Maple Leaf fan, and I'm sure the people that are running the club uh, at the uh, executive level wanted him to do. Um, he went out and got veteran, veteran players, players that were supposed to contribute guys that uh, if you look at their resumes, were perfect fits for roles on this hockey club. And, you know, quite frankly, it hasn't worked out as, as well as it should. And yet some of his other little deals like Alex Galchenyuk, and I, I I'm one of those guys. I think the Galchenyuk deal has been pretty good for the Maple Leafs. He, he's, he's done remarkably well uh, for this hockey club in the, in the short period of time he's been here. I, I don't, I don't blame Kyle and Sheldon for any of this. This to me, wow. this is one that's on the players. I, John, don't you but- think? Yeah, it, it is, but like all bets are off if you lose. Like oh, you no. can't, I, you, no, you I can't argue Gelchenyuk's been a good pickup if he cannot find a way to be a little bit of a difference maker here. Um, and yeah, Kyle will be scrutinized. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And it will be hard. It will be over uh, the salary cap. It will be over $40 million for four forwards. It will be paying a first rounder for Nick Felino, and Nick, as we know, is a character guy. But that that deal hasn't worked out too well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And either he was hurt coming into Toronto from Columbus, and and they're managing it, or something went on that that nobody knows about. But mm-hmm. Nick Felino has scored 17 goals in probably his last 120 NHL games. Those aren't exactly numbers that would warrant a first round draft choice. And Sam Bennett goes to Florida, has huge success. Did he overachieve or are we just seeing the real Sam Bennett? But that would have been the nice impact a Nick Foligno would have had for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And albeit he's hurt, I'm not questioning that, but we have not seen Nick Foligno be close to a Sam Bennett for Florida. And that has been an issue for the Leafs. And we know that he's missed the last Mm. three games. He came back. What's he at? 60%, 70%. Can he be a difference maker tonight? Nick Foligno in game seven, 
because outside of his character, you might have been better off, John, keeping Kyle Clifford in that type of role than Nick Foligno. Well, and you mentioned the word character, and, and many of us thought that that was the principal reason why the Maple Leafs acquired Foligno, and it certainly was a big factor, and I think we would all have to concede. But the thing that puzzled me, Kipper, is the Leafs are not short on experienced character guys who can lead the way for the, you know, I don't know, you guess you can still call them the younger players who have never gone past a round one. But they have Thornton, they have Spezza, they have guys who have been there, done Mm -hmm. that, got that T-shirt. Did they need another one of those? Or did they get him because they truly believed he could be an impact player on the ice? Well, I I mean, before Nick jumps in, I I, I think they got this uh, for for this club um, because they felt they needed not 12 forwards, they needed 14 forwards. And, and it was purely a depth move at a certain point. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, at a certain point, uh, Felino was able to fill in at a cer- at, for a while. And so were the others uh, when Zach Hyman went down with his injury in Vancouver. Uh, and that was the whole concept, I believe, was that this was going to be um, because everybody admits the playoffs are a war of attrition, that you're going to need more than 12 guys to win the Stanley Cup or or let's put it this way to at least win a playoff round. Um, but Nick's right. Nick Foligno has not played up to uh, where we thought he would. He's a little more injury prone than I think we thought he would, but um, you know, that this was, this was the year that Kyle said he was going for it. Um, he did go for it. And uh, you know, they're within a game of not being able to go for it. Yeah. As, as someone that's kind of been down this road with the New York Rangers, uh, there's no question that it, it's going to be uh, a voice off the ice right now. And, and you mentioned it, Bobcat, uh, like Thornton, Simmons, Spezza, Felino. Someone's going to have to settle this team down. And the most senior guy there, no question, is Joe Thornton. He needs to be uh, a voice. If not, we, we know where he is on the ice. He struggles. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not where it needs to be right now, but could he step up and, and do something on the ice with a power play goal? Possibly. That's what Sheldon keeps banking on every time he puts him out on the ice, mm. but somebody's going to have to settle a, a Matthews and a Marner, Joe Thornton. If we go back, John, what, uh, two years ago, uh, Vegas up three, one over San Jose yeah. down three, nothing in game seven. Joe Thornton was a, a, big voice on the bench in the dress room. All we heard after that epic comeback over Vegas was Joe Thornton and the inspiration that he provided in that game seven. That's what I'm looking for a Joe Thornton in that game seven to step up. And again, it doesn't necessarily even have to be on the ice. It can be on the bench. It can be in the dress room. It could be, you hear it before the game, but there has to be some sort of presence here. And it, that's what you have these guys in the room for. It's interesting. It makes, makes you wonder if uh, Corey Perry has filled that void on the other side. And, uh, you know, Corey Perry could have been a Maple Leaf just as easily last summer, right? No, I mean, he, he begged them, John. Yes, I know. He, yeah. he begged them to, to, yeah. to, to sign him. And they went with uh, Wayne Simmons. That was their choice. Corey Perry or Wayne Simmons. And Corey Perry, uh, he's done a good job for Montreal. He's played well. 
He's not, he's, he's, you know, he's played Corey Perry hockey through at least, at least through at least four games of this series. Yeah. Well, he's, he's turned himself into one of the most important players in you know, going into tonight. And I, that's a good thing. It might not be a good thing. We'll find out uh, in, in a short while here uh, when the puck drops and we, we play it for real, but yeah, Corey Perry has come in and, and, and done a really good job and, and he did a really good job in Dallas and he finds a way to get the offense in there somehow, mm -hmm. some way he's around the net. He banks something in, he wraps around, he pisses people off. And with Wayne Simmons, much like Felino, too quiet for me, John. And if he's not scoring on the power play or banging something in, in, in front of the net, you got to be more of a physical presence right now. Timings off too, too early or too late on a four check, but Wayne Simmons, much like Felino, has to find a way to get noticed tonight. With Nick Kiprios on the show today. I'm, I'm wondering about this, guys, whether we, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs have played the majority of this series against the Canadians, absent their captain. And um, I think, and Tavares did not have a John Tavares like regular season. He, you know, I would second half was better, Bob. When he was with Nylander, actually, when he was with Nylander and Gelchenyuk, they actually, they actually had a pretty good second half. I, I don't disagree with that, John. That's a, that's a fact. But the truth is that over the you, John Tavares, there's an expectation of what he will provide offensively. And he didn't provide as much as you would have expected. Granted, the second half was better, but you know, John Tavares, when he came to the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was assumed he this would be Tavares's team. He became the captain of the team. And all the attention has, of course, shifted to Matthews and Marner. I wonder if we underestimated the impact of John Tavares's injury and the impact that it has created on oh, this yeah. team, Kipper. Yeah, no question about it. Matthews misses Tavares immensely. And when you can focus now on Matthews, and not worry about the back-to-back -back shifts with Tavares and Nylander. It changes the scope of this series. And I'm, I'm with you, John. I thought his last month, six weeks have been terrific. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Tavares fan. I get it. He's, he's a point muncher, right? He gets his, he gets his points. He gets his cookies, sure. which is good. But now we saw this transition from and I got to go back to Pittsburgh Penguins guys where you've got Mario Lemieux, you got Austin Matthews and then Ron Francis, number one center franchise superstar Hartford comes in and says, I'm, I'm fine behind Mario. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Just give sure. me my Stanley cups. I don't need to be the number one centerman here. I can just quietly go about my business, still collect my points and put on a Stanley cup ring on my finger. And if that's where Tavares was heading mentally, it was a good place for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Matthews and Tavares one, two punch right up there with me for Pittsburgh at that run. And that's gone. Now, now think about, think about now going from, Matthews Tavares for Descharm looking at that to Matthews and Kerfoot or Matthews and Felino. It's just 
it's not where it needs to be. Um, if the Maple Leafs were to uh, get beaten tonight, um, the conversation will take on a whole new parameter <laughs> over the next few months. If the Maple Leafs prevail, though, they will face a Winnipeg team that's been sitting and waiting um, after a sweep. And we don't have to look too far to see what the impact of that can be, at least early on in the series. Colorado uh, disposed of what St. Louis uh, quickly. Vegas was stretched to seven games by Minnesota in a very similar fashion. They were up 3-1 and then lost two and had to win game seven mm -hmm. and then got blown out in game one. As a guy who's been through, I don't know if you've been through this exact kind of situation, but you play a tough seven games and then go in against a team that's been resting and, and cruised in four. Doesn't the dynamic of that series change? It makes sense in theory, but the game's not played on, uh, on just theory here. And I, I've seen two sides of it where you can actually carry that momentum of a, a huge win right into a win in game one. And, and yet it really makes no sense with a team that has been rested and practiced and watched the video and um, just prepared as much as you could into a series. There's just no rhyme or reason sometimes, mm. but if, if the Leafs are able to get over this, it's, it won't be a physical thing. It will be a mental thing. And sometimes you just need that, that early adversity to kind of get your, your wheel rolling and, and, uh, and, and find a place where when you do hit snags, you can, you can always rely on how quickly we were able to regroup in a game seven when it mattered the most, we can do it again here. I think, I think for, for the Leafs, if they are able to get through this, uh, it, it'll change the dynamic of their mentality and probably in the cities as well, because right now everybody's looking for a reason for the Leafs to, sure. to lose only based on their history. That's all. Well, yeah, but you know, you know, there's a, there's a part of me screaming out that says, Hey, listen, there's another team playing this game. It's not just the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, because uh, if Montreal does win tonight, what what will the epilogue be will it be leafs lost or canadians won and and that and because my, i tell you what though i mean yeah. carrie price has done exactly what carrie price was supposed to okay have done. He, he's been great but he hasn't john it's hasn't not won a game by himself it's not him by like no he's no been I, good but, he's been very good but has he is he the only reason i mean i just i i don't see i He's been good. He's been yeah. solid. He's but been... Nick Suzuki's been good. Uh, Cole Nick Caulfield Suzuki was gone. Yeah, he disappeared early in the series, but he's come on. He's come back. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the kids. I mean, I mean, it's uh, there's an irony. They they won the first game without KK and Caulfield in the lineup, and both KK and and because I can't say Kakiemeni very well. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, they have both contributed since they've come back into the lineup. I mean, their, yeah. their young guys have, have, have really taken the mantle and done a good job for this hockey club. We've, we've seen some horrific hockey out of the Montreal Canadiens. We've seen some bad stretches out of the Leafs, but I, I don't care what happens tonight. This will be the Leafs 
handing this series on a platter to Montreal for me. Okay. And I'm not, now, is that because want, you live in Toronto and you I played for the Leafs? I don't want to take anything away from Montreal's ability not to lie down and die mm. in this series, which they could have easily done that at 3-1. But that roster still has no business beating the Toronto Maple Leaf roster unless, again, the Leafs find a way to give it away. And, you know, whether you want to point the finger at Matthews and Marner or you want to say that uh, you lost Muzzin or uh, a power play that disappeared on you, Sheldon. But the power play horrific. hasn't been there for a while. The power play has not. Whatever been the there. case is, yeah. like there, there are, there are. You're going to look back, mm. and, and you're going to pick. You're going to have six legitimate reasons why the Leafs lost this series, but not one that says that uh, you know Montreal was the better team. They will have won if they win tonight, Nick. They will have won three games in a row. I mean, you have to give them some credit. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I will absolutely, John, and good on them. Good on them. But uh, they shouldn't a be leaf, there. A Leaf team that absolutely steamrolled the North Division on a with 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 players who are having historic seasons for the Toronto Maple Leafs should never ever have. I've lost to the Montreal Canadiens. I just, unless you find ways to lay down and the, the Leafs have laid down for two games. Does two turn to three or is it just the two? Um, let's, we'll continue the conversation. Let's take a quick break. We'll be uh, back with more after these messages. It's Bob McCallum, it's John Shannon, and we're with uh, Nick Kiprios as we um, address Game 7, principally, of the uh, Leafs-Canadians series. Which well, and you two guys, it's all Maple Leafs. You know, it's all Maple Tonight. Leafs. I mean, there, are two te- there are two teams playing this game. You know? Well, if you'd shut up for five seconds, Come then on. we'd start talking about the Montreal Canadiens. I've been trying to get there. I've been trying to get to the Canadians for 15 minutes. You, well, you, you haven't you, said a damn thing that's worth, oh, yeah. worth listening to. John, you... you- you, so, you like you like their center position at uh, Suzuki, Kakinemi, uh, Eric Stahl, and, and, and Evans. Well, Deneau's there too. Don't forget Deneau's there. You know, Deneau, yeah, listen, Deneau's a great – I mean, he's done a nice job in the last uh, few games against uh, uh, Matthews, no question, but um, it, it's still, it's still uh, a center ice position that arguably over an – 82 game season doesn't make the playoffs. Listen, listen, the last time Montreal and Toronto played in the playoffs, Scotty played four defensemen. Dom Ducharme is doing the same thing 42 years later, playing four defensemen. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sheldon with, with no muzzin, he's, he's going to be in a tough pickle here because uh, muzzin muzzin when he's out there, he's, he's pretty reliable. And the other guy that's going to has been affected in the latter part of uh, game six, and we'll watch him in game seven. We don't expect uh, Muzzin to play is Hall, his defensive partner. He Hall is a much better player with Muzzin out there beside him. Yeah, John mentioned Carey Price earlier, and I was going to go to him, and I'm intrigued by, by this. Carey Price um, is the kind of goaltender that can steal a series, uh, not just a game, but a series. You, and you know he has that ability. He has been, and I think you said this, Nick, he has been, in my opinion, good, but hasn't won a game probably all by himself yet. Uh, but he's capable of that. 
But more importantly, when you face a goaltender who has the reputation that Carey Price has, who was once looked upon as the best goaltender in the National Hockey League, and maybe but for injuries and a little bit of age would might still be considered by some that. Do you rush your shots? Do you do things you wouldn't normally do? And do you see any of that kind of stuff happening with this series? Yeah, I do. Yeah, there's, there's no question that uh, when it comes to Matthews and Marner and, and their execution and the, they're lacking the confidence that uh, the puck's actually going to cross uh, the goal line right now. And they're still getting good looks. And I assume that they're going to have some great looks again tonight. But you're right. When, when Carey Price is on his game, which he is right now, he mm-hmm. can. It's the only position in our game that a guy can single-handedly win a game for you. It is. And he's got that ability. Granted, you know, Jack Campbell's done everything that uh, he, he's been asked of. There's no question that no, uh, nobody should be able to point the finger at him. But all, all he, all, all Carey Price has done is probably at times made one more save than the next guy. He's, that's how you get to $10.5 million a year. And this is a good position for Carey Price. This is what he wants. And I, did I read John 7 and 3 in game seven? Game seven, yeah. Yeah, for for Carey Price, uh, that's pretty good, pretty good average, and it's, it's pretty good for anybody. It's pretty good for a guy who who hasn't had the best teams in front of him. I think, I think if 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 Montreal is able to get a lead early, they're Oof. they're going to naturally feel really good about, you know, if the two nothing lead means you got to get three past Carey Price, and that's the that's the mentality, but. There's a fine line with that too, right? Because the Leafs came back from three nothing and dominated that overtime in Game Six, and and Kerry just in Game Six, Kerry just needed to be one save better than Jack Campbell. Well, listen, they've come back twice from from deficits, three nothing and two nothing, um, to force overtime. The Maple Leafs. We know they have the firepower to do it. What's fascinating to me about Jack Campbell is is uh, if if the if the shoe was on Freddie Anderson's foot and Anderson had gone through six games and it was three, three after losing games five and six, the cry to change goaltenders in Toronto would have been massive. We got to get, we can't have Freddie play game seven. Freddie's not good enough to play safe. There's no cry for Jack Campbell. There's a, there is a, a, a calmness about, well, Campbell's done a good job for us uh, in this town. It's fascinating to watch the difference, different dynamic flavor. yeah, I know, no, I know. Flavor but, of the but, month. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's right. exactly the same. It's exactly the same scenario. Is Jack Campbell has lost the last two games. And there is no outcry. We've got to get Freddie in place. And if but well, if Freddie had last, I don't no, understand but, why you're even bringing this up. Why, because, why because, would anybody even mention that possibility? Because if it if if it was the other way around and Anderson had lost two games in a row, and why we would yes, have had right. a, we would have we would have had a telethon why? to get Jack Campbell in goal. Why? Well, because we we don't have confidence in Freddie letting in one bad. Because goal. Freddie has a history in the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs of not performing. Yeah. In key situations, Campbell so, hasn't been through so, one. So yet. if so, if Campbell loses tonight, or, uh, if Campbell loses tonight, are we going to say he hasn't performed? Come on, this well, time that's... next year, yeah, <laughs> you know, Leaf fans, this yeah. time next year, 
Yes, <laughs> we will be. It'll be the it'll be one of the arguments. One of the fifteen different arguments that's made <laughs> oh. is well, they should have put Anderson in goal in Game Seven. And of course, it has no merit whatsoever, and, despite what my friend you know, Shannon has to say. And the other thing too, guys, is you know keep an eye on some line matchups and who you get on the ice at the right time. And we saw. I, I don't think we'll ever see a playoff series with two more horrific goaltending challenges than we saw both out of Montreal and Toronto in this series. Well, the last one, that one that uh, that 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 uh, Sheldon challenged was ridiculous. The, with Jack Campbell out of the net. It was ridiculous. 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 Yeah. It should, I, grasping at straws, that's all he's doing. Well, but but it grasp. cost him two goals. It cost him two goals. Oh, could cost, yeah. could have cost him cost the, series. the series. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you these that. guys got to be on their A game as well. One of the things that is often discussed is, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs history of uh, not getting past anybody in the playoffs. And, um, the impact that that may have. And the argument is often made, well, you know, we member, the members of the Toronto Maple Police were not part of this series or that series or what, what, you know, the last 50 years and you can't blame us for that, blah, blah, blah. But I want to ask you, I mean, you went through a situation with the Rangers where they'd gone 50 plus years without winning a Stanley Cup. No, Nick Kiprios had nothing to do with the previous 49 years but you hear that talk you are aware of that yeah. i gotta believe that in some way subliminally or yes. otherwise 100%. it impacts you doesn't it 100 percent. yes it's through osmosis it's hereditary the moment you put that jersey on you 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 feel it like i i can't recall how many times in my first two weeks when I got traded to the New York Rangers that people would come up to us and, oh God, we've watched our whole lives. My dad, my grandfather, just please end this curse. All of it. You got to do it this year. I want to see one before we die. Mm -hmm. All of that. And, you know, you do feel it. No, you weren't around for it, but you can understand it. And when people look you in the eye with their passion and their emotion, it does, it does go through you. And no, no, it has nothing to do with this present situation. And guess what? All those teams that we've lost in the last, that lost the last 54 years, didn't have Mark Messier, didn't have Brian Leach, didn't have Mike Richter. And I can't tell you again, how much it, it means to have, a veteran presence like Mark in that room and Kevin Lowe and, you know, trickling down to, to calm things down. And that's where, again, full circle, you go back. Now, granted, you know, Joe Thornton's never won a Stanley Cup. Wayne Simmons never won a Stanley Cup. Jason Spetz has never won a Stanley Cup. But they're going to have to act like they, they have won one. Mm -hmm. Okay? And for me, even Joe Thornton, too quiet in this series. On the ice, off the ice, you know when Joe's feeling good, the strut, the naked pictures in the background, the singing, the stress-free. He's too quiet for me in this series, and I don't mean on the ice. I mean uh, the aura around him. 
but we don't you know that's the one thing of the covid rules and the covid protocols nick we don't we don't have access to those guys like we what like we would have in previous series so we don't don't see that i i don't feel it you don't i don't i don't feel the impact right now of 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 the veterans kind of grabbing still marner and matthews at a relatively young age and and calming them down they've got they've got the last two days to have done it we don't know you're right we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and maybe we'll hear it mm-hmm. um, after the game, but that stuff needs to get done. When you were with the Rangers, and not, not to belabor this, but was the 50, was it 53 years? 54. 54. 1940. Dun, 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 dun. So was that openly discussed? Did any point Keenan or anybody address this even to tell you don't think about it you had nothing to do with it yeah that's it would have been stating the obvious bobcat well yeah but was it openly was it openly discussed in any way it what was what was discussed bobcat was the opportunity to do something and to live it you know for the rest of your lives and it it would have we knew what we knew and what was discussed is that that to be part of that history makes it that much more special right you sure think about all the thousands of players that tried beforehand that failed and now you have an opportunity and that's just putting like whipped cream on the sunday right you want to be that guy you want to be a guy remembered for being part of the solution than rather part of the problem Mm. and those 54 years were good years for us to say it will be that much more special because of it. That's the only thing that was discussed. And again, I got traded to the Leafs. We all talked about what it would be like to win a cup in Toronto. Toronto. It happens every year. You fantasize about it. it does. And you want to be that guy to be remembered as different and the thousands that have failed since 1967. So that's just fuel for your fire. That's, that's a positive for, for players to say opportunity of a lifetime. You know, the, the comparisons to ni- uh, 1994 are, uh, are valid, but so much different. This, we're still talking the first round. We are, t- <laughs> we are talking about, we are talking about, you got to get there. There's, there's three more of these to get through. Um, well, and the bump, this bump in the road, they got, they, they have to fight through this. The Maple Leafs do at least yeah. to fight through this, to even to get a chance to, you know, play even arrested John, Winnipeg Jets. Even if the Leafs win tonight, the shine, you know, it's, it's not as, it's not as shiny as before. I think, you know, when you talk about expectations in the Leafs, and I know we talked about this division and the inconsistencies and all teams almost with the exception of the Leafs really struggled <clears throat> at times. Sure. They did. Well, the and Leafs, we even the Leafs had one struggle too. Yeah. One, one, but they still ran away with it. Yeah. But even if the Leafs win tonight, all of a sudden, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a much different feel uh, going against Winnipeg than it would have been if they would have won in five, you know that, right? Yeah. I don't so, know other players do this or, or, organizations do this but as fans observers and media people i know we do we set a bar um for what will be considered successful 
Am I wrong in suggesting to you two guys that the bar for the Toronto Maple Leafs is to get to the conference final? That the expectation is to get was to get past Montreal probably pretty comfortably, which won't happen, and then be better than Winnipeg, which they proved they were over the course of the regular season. And so anything less than getting to the third round would be considered a failure. Is that fair? Me first. Yeah, sure. go ahead. Um, I I think it's Stanley Cup, I, yeah. I, I, and I only say that because. What is this team going to look like this time next year? Can it be? There's only three choices, right? Better, worse, or the same. And I don't see it getting better and stronger in terms of the roster. And with a flat cap, it'll just, it'll make it that much tougher for the Leafs. I think they were in it to win it this year. And a conference final, maybe that might make the Leaf fans feel okay. But as far as Brendan Shanahan and, and Kyle Dubas, it was to win it this year. Maybe I'm off the mark a little bit. Maybe maybe it's a Stanley Cup final would be a great experience. But where does that leave Leafs for the next two years on a flat cap with, again, $40 million to four forwards? You know, I, I mean, I think this team, I, I think they, they thought they could win the Stanley Cup this year. I, I think, and I think that was the only goal they had was to go, uh, go four rounds and win the Stanley Cup. John, I really do. You don't give up a first rounder for Nick Foligno to think that it's good enough to get to the conference final. That's right. And that's Coleman. That's Goudreau. First rounders, Tampa Bay, Stanley Cup. That's... That's the only thing that uh, they're they're thinking at the trade deadline when they got Nick Foligno. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I and I think again, you go back to that press conference. What was it? Ten days before the trade deadline, Kyle Kyle was as aggressive as and and angry, had an edge to him uh, than I've ever seen before. Saying, "Yep, we're going for it. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to do it because we're we have we think we have a chance to win." And I don't. I mean, I think the days of well, we're going to be happy to get to the third round. Um. I don't think that exists. I think the other team, the team they're playing, uh, will now view this as a successful season, but I don't think the Maple Leafs would. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to address here other than to get ready for uh, what happened, whatever happens tonight, but a little piece of information as we record this conversation that came in just about five minutes ago, and that is Tavares skated this morning. Yeah, it's, it's three days in a row now. Um, there is no chance he plays tonight. Yeah, there? I think there is a chance. You really do, huh? Yeah, I do. I do think that there's a chance. And uh, when, when you kind of really look at the, the protocol of, uh, of concussions and getting to certain points, including leaving the house and then skating, what, two days ago or three days ago, John? I, I mean, yeah, he's, he's skated a few times now. It's, it's symptom free. He's, you know, you got to pass tests now, uh, you know, whatever, wh whether he, he passed all the tests or there's still an, one more test to pass. But I had heard two days ago that, uh, no chance for game six and game time decision game seven or to start the next round. So it, I, I think he's begging to play. The question is where are the Leafs on this? And if he was to get hurt again and playing, Hmm. Where does that leave the Leafs? Where does it leave, you know, 
um, the finger being pointed at liabilities, all of that comes. Here, here's the thing. I mean, I mean, coming out of the, uh, coming out of the original injury, uh, I was led to believe that the, the concussion was one thing, but the knee wasn't stable at all. That mild it, that it, sprain, mild. Well, so it, it wasn't as bad as Zach Hyman's no. then because they no. were, they, they, they compared it to Zach Hyman's injury when they first, uh, when it first happened. Yeah, I had heard uh, a couple of days ago, mild sprain and uh, improved dramatically. Well, I'm well, sure it feels better today. So, <laughs> you know, we talked about him and the impact of his injury earlier in this program. And um, look, Listen, if you're the if Toronto Maple Leafs, are you going to, are you going to sit him out and say, no, we want you, we, we're going to, we, we can win this without you. We want you ready for round two. Or are you in full panic mode and you say, John, we, we need you on the ice tonight. This is strictly will become uh, a medical decision. Mm -hmm. And if he, if, if he gets a green light medically, he's playing, he's playing tonight. That's right. Okay? Oh, I... Because this is, this is the stuff that makes legends. Oh yeah. You know, if he goes out and gets a hat trick or scores the winning goal or something like that. Hey, no, well, Bob, you know. all they have to do is win. Forget about what he does. Well, no, I know. All they he'll have get, some, to do he'll is get win. some credit for that. I'm just saying, you know, from a historic perspective, you know. Yeah. If he plays and they win, he'll play a, he'll play a big part. Uh, Kipper, we're going to let you go. We know you got busy things uh, to do as well. And uh, you got your, uh, your podcast, your show to do. And uh, people are watching. What are you holding up for the people listening on? on audio? Oh, uh, it's very subtle. Little very Buddha subtle. cocktail podcast. Have you tried <laughs> our wonderful drink in the LCBO yet? I have not. I'm sorry. Well, we're going to have to change that. Um, well, you know where I live. I know. <laughs> well, you're a moving target right the, now. Well, yeah. For the moment, you know where I live. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll it's great to see you. you and great to talk to you again. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, hopefully we get a chance to do it again down the road okay always uh, appreciate your time bobcat and uh, shanny you know how we feel about you uh, I tell, you, tell you what there was, there was a game seven there was no doubt that the producer felt there was only one person we needed to talk to so i appreciate that thanks guys have a great night enjoy the game nick kiprios uh we'll uh we'll bid you a fun to do enjoy the hockey game tonight and uh, john and i'll be back tomorrow if the crick don't rise see you, everybody